What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/try. Go to Shopify.com/try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/try. Love Talk Radio. <laughs> Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your fundraising success and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. His books range from successful online fundraising to use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. And now, here's Ted. Hey, good afternoon. This is Ted Hart here on The Nonprofit Coach. We have our special pre-Earth Day show today. Uh, We've got a terrific page two expert. uh, And if you're uh, interested in asking a question of Danielle Brigida, our uh, expert from the National Wildlife Federation today, you can dial into 347-324-3080. It is Tuesday, April 20th, and this is the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, And as always, we start off with page one. got a really uh, full uh, page one. It seems like there's always lots of news here at the top of the show. Again, this is Ted Hart on the Nonprofit Coach, and uh, if you're gearing up to ask a question of our page two expert today, you can dial 347-324-3080, or you can just send me an email at tedhart at tedhart.com. Uh, if you're uh, among the shy. Well, I'm going to start off uh, page one today with a really terrific news service I want to draw your attention to uh, from the developers of Twitter. Uh, This service is called Zobni, Z-O-B-N-I. There's a free version, and then, of course, there's an upsell uh, Zobni Plus uh, version. But uh, this is just amazing. I have to tell you, I've never felt that my email has been more productive than when I started using Zobni. Uh, and as always, all of the links uh, in uh, 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 the Nonprofit Coach are available online today at p2pfundraising.org. 
that's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, fundraising.org. Click on the archives in the upper navigation and just uh, type in radio links, and that will take you uh, to all the links here. So, again, uh, a real uh, efficiency uh, developer for uh, your outlook uh, is Zobni. Uh, next up uh, here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach is uh, just a reminder of the Pepsi Refresh Project Grants uh, Program. Uh, right now, applications are closed. Um, they'll be uh, opening applications up again on, uh, on May 1st, but uh, lots of activity uh, over on uh, the Pepsi Refresh Project uh, website. Uh, you can go and take a look at all the various uh, grant opportunities uh, from organizations uh, all over the place uh, that are seeking um, uh, your votes uh, and the votes of, uh, of others uh, to uh, help them secure their piece of the pie of about $1.3 million uh, that the Pepsi folks uh, will be giving away, and that's all based on on the votes. They've received over 1,000 submissions uh, already for this month, uh, so plan ahead, and uh, your organization uh, may have an opportunity to get a, a piece of the pie uh, starting on May 1st. Again, when uh, this round ends, uh, the next round uh, will begin. Uh, next up, we've uh, here on page one, we've got uh, uh, a little bit of uh, fun news. Uh, for those who are uh, Star Trek, or I'm, I'm sorry, don't mean to make that kind of mistake, uh, Star Wars fans, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, a little bit of music here, and uh, then share with you some uh, some interesting uh, some interesting news uh, coming to us uh, from uh, the Star Wars folks. The Empire Strikes Back. The Star Wars saga continues. The Rebels are there. I'm sure Skywalker's with me. He will join us or die. The Rebel forces battle the Empire and Darth Vader. Join me. Don't make me destroy you. The Empire Strikes Back. Well, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, believe it or not, is celebrating its 30th anniversary, uh, and uh, the, uh, uh, the folks, uh, George Lucas, uh, as part of uh, his efforts to uh, celebrate the 30th anniversary, are putting together some fundraising for charities. Uh, read all about it over on uh, the uh, uh, p2pfundraising.org and the radio links. Uh, but uh, nice uh, to have George Lucas uh, helping out some charities uh, by supporting that in uh, relationship to uh, the 30th anniversary of, uh, of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, so uh, next up uh, here on uh, uh, the nonprofit coach is a reminder that if you want to ask a question of our uh, page two expert today, uh, you can do that uh, by uh, sending an email to Ted Hart at tedhart.com, uh, or uh, phoning us at 347-324-3080. Um, and uh, next up here, um, a little bit of information um, uh, for you from uh, USA Today. Very interesting. They uh, just wrapped up a Twitter campaign uh, where they gave away $186,000 in advertising based on the number of tweets that they received for specific charities. Now, they haven't announced yet who the winner uh, was, uh, but they did say that uh, they got a, a very big push from Susan G. Komen, uh, Convoy of Hope, United Way, Human Rights Campaign, Boy Scouts of America, 
the Humane Society. So big, big success. Um, I think there are uh, over 60,000 tweets, and that's uh, part of their America Wants uh, campaign. So read about that uh, over in uh, the uh, radio links uh, for today. Uh, always uh, just scanning the Internet and finding uh, interesting information um, uh, for you. And I just thought this was uh, really interesting. Uh, for all those Lady Gaga fans, uh, Lady Gaga now officially is the all-time uh, uh, history uh, 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 viewer on uh, YouTube. Uh, with over a hundred and uh, let me check here, 185 million, 210,000 uh, views of uh, her video, Bad Romance. Uh, so very interesting. Uh, uh, YouTube is, of course, one of the uh, nonprofit services that uh, that we track here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, and uh, always interesting to see how people are using the uh, uh, YouTube as a service. Now, I've got a real treat for you uh, uh, today. I met a gentleman uh, in uh, West Palm Beach uh, at an event that I told you about last week uh, that I was uh, part of, and uh, that was uh, for the Green Nonprofits Organization uh, related to our book, Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. Uh, the Community Foundation of Palm Beach and Martin Counties hosted a luncheon, and I had an opportunity to uh, meet Yalma Siddiqui, uh, from Office Depot, and I think I've got Yamaz on the line here with us on the Nonprofit Coach. Yamaz, are you here? I am, Ted. How are you? Hey, terrific to have you uh, on the Nonprofit Coach today, and thank you for joining us. Uh, you just gave a terrific speech uh, down uh, in Palm Beach uh, about uh, where you see the uh, connection between going green. Of course, this is our special pre-Earth Day show here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, what's uh, Office Depot doing in support of uh, going green and charitable organizations? Well, Ted, I think the, the event um, last week was excellent because um, really, in some ways, it celebrated the idea of bringing the world of philanthropy and nonprofits, even if they're not you know, designated environmental nonprofits, um, to bring the world of philanthropy and the world of environment together in one room. And I think, historically, many in nonprofits that are not you know, they do not have an environmental theme or, you know, they're not, they're not World Wildlife Fund or the Nature Conservancy or, or whatever. They don't necessarily have greening their nonprofit as part of their, their, um, you know, program. And I think it's really valuable for the nonprofit world to bring environment into their thinking, not only because it's, um, you know, good for the planet, but also I think it's good for their brands as, as nonprofits. Uh, the world's going green and as you, you know, try and get members and try and get uh, funders. The fact that you've got innovative environmental programs, I think, is really positive. Um, second, second point I want to make, which is, you know, the event we were at was celebrating the nonprofits in South Florida that have gone green. And uh, in my speech, as you mentioned, Ted, I, I made the note that I think it's very, very important to transition the focus of environmentalism or you know the world of environment from negative to positive i mean historically we've really been focused on what companies or 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 individuals are not doing and sort of criticizing them for what they're not doing rather than promoting what they are doing and um and so that's why i think the um you know the event was really good because it rewarded and recognized nonprofits for for doing for impl implementing green initiatives and as office depot we were really proud to be able to support that um, 
you know, we have a pretty significant green program ourselves, and uh, I'd be happy to talk about that if you want, Ted. Sure, and and uh, and again, it was wonderful to meet you, and uh, we celebrated seven charities uh, in uh, South Florida that had just been certified by GreenNonprofits.org. Uh, as a president of that organization, I was honored to be invited and to have the opportunity to participate in that luncheon. Um, Office Depot was was a big sponsor of that, had a big presence there. Uh, because of your presence and your interest in the environment and going green, can you take a second to share with us where did that come from at Office uh, Depot, uh, why the interest in going green and specifically the nonprofit sector? Sure, Ted. Thank you. Well, we've had a green initiative since about 2002, and for the last eight or so years, we've been ramping up year after year and implementing more and more green initiatives that um, really we find resonate with our with our customers and, and stakeholders. We've got a vision, an environmental vision, Ted, to increasingly buy green, be green, and sell green. And in celebration of Earth Day, where it's the 40th anniversary of Earth Day, if people don't know, and um, we've really got 40 green initiatives that we're announcing and launching uh, in celebration of that date. I'm not going to list all 40 of them. It would take a long time. But just um, you know, a couple of examples. So we say we're buying green. Well, we made a big purchase of green power recently to, um, uh, to balance the emissions of um, our, not only our headquarters, so we're carbon neutral at our headquarters, but we also, this is kind of interesting, we, uh, we've got a, a program with NASCAR and we balance the carbon emissions of the main NASCAR race in Phoenix, which was quite innovative and received a lot of uh, positive attention, you know, really helping the country transition to a greener power grid through our purchase. Um, under Be Green, we've got a whole host of initiatives to uh, support LEED. So if any nonprofits uh, are out there that have large facilities, and are considering, considering green building, we would highly recommend looking at the LEED program. We're implementing LEED in all stores in North America in 2010. We're implementing LEED for existing buildings at our headquarters, meaning we're greening up the way uh, our headquarters operates. And we're implementing green building in one of our new distribution centers. So really, every type of building we have is pursuing LEED. And then finally, under Cell Green, so we, our vision is increasingly buy green, be green, and sell green. And under Cell Green, we've got a whole host of initiatives. If anyone goes to officedepot.com right now, they'll see a whole range of, of you know, offers, including basically 100% back on a number of green products. Uh, we've also developed a, a website called officedepotgrowgreener.com on which nonprofits can get lots of ideas about how to go green. And if you have your own ideas, submit. Um, your ideas to help uh, help your your peers um, go green in the workplace. So those are just a few examples, um, but you're always welcome to to learn more by going to officedepot.com forward slash environment or officedepotgrowgreener.com. And that's the snapshot, Ted. Hope that gave you a good overview. Oh, Jim, as it really does, and we'll add that link to our radio links so all of our listeners can. Uh, uh, can uh, know more about uh, your work. Of course, you mentioned uh, LEED certification. Uh, that stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, developed by the United States, uh, United States Green Building Council. Uh, and uh, we certainly look forward to uh, uh, hearing more about your work and working with you. Uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, Thursday, April 22nd, is the 40th anniversary of Earth Day. Uh, before we wrap up and uh, continue on with our Page One news, uh, 
Yamaz, what are you going to be doing on Earth Day? Uh, maybe too much, Ted. I've got a, uh, a briefing with the associates on our campus uh, uh, in the morning. Then I've got a briefing with 400 kids. It's take your kids to work, take your kids to work day as well, and we're, we're building a totally green theme to our take your kids to Earth Day day. So there's a whole series of things with with the kids. Um, then in the afternoon, I've got a global webcast that uh, I'm participating on. Cisco's organizing a a web um, a webcast for businesses around the world. Um, that selected 100 people to. Uh, showcase you know, thought leadership on, on going green. Um, you go to the Cisco website and you'll see Cisco Virtual Earth Day event. There'll be thousands of people from around the world on this. And then in the evening, um, I'm uh, helping organize a fundraiser for the nonprofit Global Green and for the Office Depot Foundation here in uh, Boca at the Boca Resort. And if you've got any local nonprofits, they can, um, they can just Google that uh, Boca Earth Day event and uh, they'll find that, and so that I'll be I'll be emceeing and and um, coordinating that event. So it's a very very full day, Ted, but it's going to be a very enjoyable day, and it'll be great to celebrate Earth Day. Well, it sure sounds uh, like a, a busy day, and you've provided a, a really nice transition um, as we start moving towards our page two expert today, who is Danielle Brigida. Uh, who's the social media outreach coordinator for the National Wildlife Federation and happens to be the author of Chapter 7 in the book, Nonprofit Guide to Going Green, which, Elmaz, I know you got a chance to see uh, when you were at the event in, uh, uh, down in South Florida. And uh, the title of her chapter is Building Green and Greening Your Building. So we're looking forward to uh, chatting with uh, Danielle today. Uh, this has been uh, Yamaz Siddiqui from uh, Office Depot. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ted. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, for everyone else, uh, you can uh, call in and ask questions of our expert today at 347-324-3080. And I'm going to finish up uh, page one here by sharing with you a massive effort on the behalf of uh, Library of Congress. Uh, they have announced uh, this week that uh, they are going to be housing the entire Twitter archive. Uh, so read about that in uh, the radio links uh, today at p2pfundraising.org. Uh, also, just a, a note that this is National Volunteer Week. Uh, so we've provided you a, a link to Volunteer Match. Dot org, uh, and uh, you can find uh, opportunities to celebrate National Volunteer Week uh, over there on uh, Volunteer Match. A little bit of uh, bad news, kind of uh, uh, surprising, really, uh, for Ning. Ning.com is a site that uh, many of us have been tracking for a number of years as an opportunity to build a private social network. Looks and feels very much like Facebook, uh, and many nonprofits have, in fact, done that. Uh, and Ning uh, is currently uh, suggesting that they have 20 million visitors a month, a very uh, interesting rate of growth. However, just announced uh, that there's some problems over at uh, Ning. The president has stepped down. Uh, they've announced uh, an end to their free services, uh, which is bad news for a lot of smaller nonprofits that were counting on Ning. Uh, so those uh, who are getting Social network free services now will be asked to pay uh, or they'll be phased off from the Ning platform. So what we've provided to you here is an excellent uh, uh, write-up on Mashable uh, where they are offering a suggestion of some alternatives, uh, some uh, free-of-cost uh, alternatives to, uh, to Ning uh, where you can go and build your social networking sites um, on uh, a variety of different sites uh, off from Ning. 
Uh, so read all about that in the radio links, but uh, bad news over at uh, at Mashable. You know, as we're preparing to get uh, towards our page two, one of the things that uh, many of you are probably uh, looking forward to uh, is the drawing for our $100 American Express gift certificate. Uh, we are going to do that towards the end of the show today, uh, so hang tight. And uh, uh, those that have registered by uh, becoming a subscriber, free subscriber, to the P2P Fundraising org website since uh, we announced uh, last week, uh, and those that attended uh, the AFP uh, uh, conference and were able to register for the conference there. All in the drawing, we're going to see who the winner is. We're going to announce that live on the show uh, today. Uh, I've got another grant opportunity uh, here for you, and I'm going to uh, let uh, Clifford give you a little bit of information on that. It only takes a little to be big. Being big is about being big-hearted. It's about having a big spirit. Being big is something we should all do more often. Clifford's big ideas can inspire all of us to make the world a better place. Clifford and I know that playing is a lot more fun when we share with our friends. Maybe we should try working together. It wouldn't be very nice to leave T-Bone here all alone. You all tried your best. Cleo, T-Bone, and I have rules we like to play by. But it sure made me feel good that you tried so hard. I do like to help people. Emily Elizabeth says everyone is special. We play fair, and we always try to do what we think is right. Maybe instead of fighting over that toy, we can all share mine. Remember, it only takes a little to be big. Well, thank you very much, Clifford. And we're providing you all the information on the Be Big in Your Community contest. Uh, and this is uh, provided by uh, a partnership that includes Clifford the Big Red Dog. And $75,000 in community grants will be uh, made available uh, uh, through that program. And you can uh, learn all about that in the radio links. Also want to draw your attention to a couple of events coming up, one in Washington, D.C. Uh, in honor of Earth Day, we have Green IT, How Your Nonprofit Can Save Money While Saving the Planet, uh, and that's uh, offered by the Foundation Center. Uh, you can read all about it uh, in the radio links at p2pfundraising.org. Click on the archives and then just type in radio links and you can find out all the information on how you can register uh, for this event on Friday at the Foundation Center in Washington, D.C. We also have a link uh, to an article. We're going to be talking more about this as we do our own analysis uh, and announcing uh, total numbers raised, uh, but a very interesting report from the Chronicle of Philanthropy that online giving continues to grow, but at a slower pace. Uh, the Chronicle finds in its own survey that Internet gifts uh, rose by 5% in 2009. Now, the good news is, is that online giving continues to be a bright spot for charities during the recession. Uh, a lot of other types of fundraising have subsided. Uh, however, uh, those who are using the Internet continue to have some good success. Uh, also happening on Friday, we've mentioned this a couple of times, uh, and that is Digital Leap Canada in Toronto. It's going to be at the Royal Conservatory of Music 
I will be there April 23rd. That's my birthday, uh, so I'm going to be spending it up uh, in uh, Canada with a whole host of terrific folks uh, who are uh, joining us from uh, Google Grants to uh, Alan Clayton coming over from the U.K., Scott Stratton from Unmarketing, uh, who was a guest here on The Nonprofit Coach, uh, Philip King from Artez and others. Uh, so you can still register at digitalleap.org. Of course, the information is all available. We ran a contest last week, uh, and we're going to be sharing with you all of the winners. They're also there uh, in the newsletter at p2pfundraising.org. But we have chosen the five winners for the registration uh, to Digital Leap. So if you missed your opportunity, uh, make sure that you register today at digitalleap.org. Okay, rolling into our page two expert are a couple of events coming up, uh, and that is uh, Danielle Brigida, who is our, our page two expert, is the author of Chapter 7 in the brand-new book, Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. There's an opportunity for you to meet uh, editors and authors at a couple of events coming up. One of those uh, is in Canada. It's going to be Thursday night at the TD Canada Trust Tower uh, in the boardroom on the 54th floor. This is free registration, uh, and you can find the link in the radio links at P2P Fundraising. Org. Click on Archives, and you can register for free for this event in Toronto Thursday evening. Another event coming up is going to be on the west coast of the United States. Uh, you're invited to a nonprofit guide to going green national book release party at the Hub uh, David Brower Center in Berkeley, California. That's going to be next week on April 27th at 6 p.m., and I will be at both the Toronto event on Thursday uh, and the Berkeley event on April 27th. Uh, so uh, I look forward to seeing as many of you as uh, can possibly come out and join us. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to seeing you there. Uh, and now, good news is we're ready for page two. Our page two expert today uh, is Danielle Brigida. Uh, she works as the social media outreach coordinator for the National Wildlife Federation. She's actively engaged in a wide range of, of constituents using a mixture of online tools and social networking sites. An early adopter of social media with creative and engaging campaigns, Danielle has been recognized as 10 Green Women We Love by Greenopia, uh, and one of 75 environmentalists worth following by Mashable. And you know we're a huge fan here on the nonprofit coach of the work at Mashable. So you know you've got uh, uh, really great folks there. She's also a top 50 green people followed on uh, Twitter by Greenopolis. Um, so lots of credentials both in the green sector and in the social media sector uh, makes Danielle Brigida an, a perfect expert here on page two for the nonprofit coach. And I think Danielle's with us. Danielle, you here? Yes, I'm here, Ted. Can you hear me? I can. It's really a thrill to have you here on the Nonprofit Coach. Of course, those who are interested in asking a question can call in to 347-324-3080. Uh, just press 1. That will raise your hand. That will let me know that you want to ask a question. Uh, and if you're a shy type and uh, you just like to uh, email me, you can reach me at tedhart at tedhart.com. So, Danielle, thanks so much uh, for joining us uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. I'm so interested in all the work that you're doing. Can you give us a little bit of uh, background in terms of how did you manage to become uh, top 10 green women we love, uh, top 50 green people worth following, top 75 environmentalists worth following? Those are some pretty good chops. <laughs> 
Well, thank you. Um, honestly, I I really don't know. I I think part of the way that I I really integrated um, within the social media community was just practicing it every day, going on the sites every day, and getting to know these fantastic people who are also active all the time. And you know, part of my thing is that I'm actually very very passionate about wildlife issues, and so it's just natural for me to go on and and share these these links or these stories about wildlife and Earth Day for me is every day. So thank you for having me on the show. It's, it's exciting. Well, great to have you on the show. And, and of course, as I mentioned, you're also, uh, I'm very proud of the fact that you're, you're in my recent book, Nonprofit Guide to Going Green, which I co-edited with Adrian Capps and uh, Matt Bauer. Uh, both uh, uh, Adrian uh, and Matt are going to be at the Berkeley event next week on April 27th. Um, and uh, Danielle, I want, if you could talk to us a little bit about the development of Chapter 7 and uh, some of the tips that you have uh, for building green and greening your building. Sure. So within the chapter, one of the things that we really focused on was if you were starting from scratch, if you had this opportunity to to choose your location and where you're building, to really take a look at not only how your building fits within the surrounding ecosystem, um, but also focus on different materials that you use and how you can go about researching the best ones. And of course that really depends on your location and where things are because you could order the the greenest product but it would be from a completely different country and that makes it a little less sustainable. So we really we took an approach on it that um that focused a lot on, you know, the materials but also the location and are you really thinking about how you fit into the community, which is a very sustainable practice. So um, some of the tips were just, you know, obviously within your organization, if you're not moving or if you're you're kind of greening your building that already exists, um, to form a small committee within your organization and just take a look at it. And that's actually what the National Wildlife Federation does. And of course, we are a nonprofit that focuses on sustainable living in in lots of ways so that we don't harm wildlife. Um, and so when we were actually looking for a location for our building, we had staff volunteer to come and plot out basically the places that would impact the, the least amount of wildlife. So we actually had people show up and, and kind of stand by things and move, you know, critters and things before we kind of made the building, which was, which was really neat. And so the chapter really just takes a look and gives some tips at how you do that. And, well, I found the, the chapter, of course, uh, as one of the editors, I had the opportunity to see uh, early versions of the chapter and see as you were developing this. And, and, of course, you truly are just an amazing expert in this area. One of the things that I thought, of course, um, with, with my work with uh, green nonprofits, our organization is very focused on uh, the smaller and mid-sized organizations that don't have big budgets um, and are not necessarily able to hire uh, environmental uh, experts. But nonetheless, uh, we want to work with them to help them become certified as a green nonprofit and information available on that for at greennonprofits.org. One of the areas that you covered in your chapter that I thought was particularly interesting uh, was the area of effective waste management. And you talked about mapping your waste. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and what value that has to sort of the average charity? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, no matter what your size is, you're trying to, to do right and, and do good in some way. And so the great thing about what we were trying to do in our chapter was really make it easy for you. And, and waste is something that not a lot of people actually think about every day. And so 
um, you know, you throw something away and you think, okay, it's 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 gone, um, or you recycle it and you think, okay, it's gone. But what's neat about the map your waste section is we actually ask you to sketch a layout of your office and where people throw things away or where waste is kind of created. So if it's by a copier or if it's by um, a mail room or the kitchen, you know, these kinds of things people don't think about all the time. But if you map out where waste is coming from, you can kind of think about it more concretely and, and how you curb the amount you create and, and, and so forth. Well, that, that's, uh, that's terrific. As you, uh, as you heard uh, early in the show before you joined us, we had uh, Yamaz Siddiqui uh, from Office Depot who's just uh, got so many different ideas and so many different things that they're doing uh, to help nonprofits. And he mentioned uh, LEED certification. Um, how approachable is that for the, the average charity, and are there uh, other things that charities should be doing um, related to their building if they can't quite attain that, that status? I think I think with lead certification it's definitely uh something to look into if you if you have that kind of if you have the ability to do so. Um it really just depends. I know that we wrote the chapter for actually uh an international audience and, and lead is very specific to the United States, um in a lot of ways. So so part of part of I think the focus as a nonprofit is, you know, that is definitely like second tier. You 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 start from a a very kind of a level platform, and you want to work up to that. And I think lead is a great thing to do if you're already um, if you already have you know well lit areas that don't need a lot of electricity, or um, or you already have a building that is on its way. But if you're starting from scratch, this chapter is great because it kind of takes you to the next level. Yeah, so a, a good goal, something to work towards, but lots of things that you can do to support the uh, uh, to support the environment uh, before uh, you get right. there. Um, yeah. Danielle, talk to me a little bit about um, some of the controversy around Energy Star. Um, what, what's what's going on with uh, with that certification, and and what is it? So Energy Star, well, actually, it's funny because I was going to talk a little bit about the EPA in general because they were formed 40 years ago on Earth Day, the first Earth Day. Um, but Energy Star is the, to my, I mean, it's the EPA's version, and I, I don't actually, um, I don't know the extent of the controversy, but I will say that, you know, it's something that a lot of people are skeptical about in the environmental field just because, you know, it seems like almost a marketing campaign at this point. And so, you I know, part of the, the sort of the controversy is is it, is it basically a purchased certification? Right. Uh, is it an earned certification? Yeah, and I mean that it it definitely goes out. Um, it, it's just very it's special because a lot of the the groups it's it's very hard to be in this field because. Nothing is actually as green as we want it to be or as green as it could be. And with Energy Star especially, you know, you see it as, um, I mean, it is partially almost purchased. But I, I don't actually know in terms of how, you know, I mean, we, we actually support Energy Star products and we encourage people to use them just because it is something. It well, is, yeah, and greennonprofits.org does as well. and it, it Yeah. Is, an indication. I kind of view it as sort of, you know, like the green nonprofits movement uh, that we're getting started. It's one of the first things that we tell people um, before we even say who we are, we say who we're not. 
And what we say is that we're, we're not suggesting that all the charities that carry the certification are um, crunchy green. In other words, everything that they do isn't green, but that they've made significant progress and that they've changed their business practices to move in that direction. And is that sort of the, the nature of Energy Star? And I bring it up because you mentioned it in your chapter. Um, is that the nature of that, that it's, it's greener than an average uh, appliance, but maybe not necessarily as green as it could be, should be, or might someday be? Exactly. <laughs> and that's actually how I feel about the the green building movement in general. I mean, a lot of it is we're still learning. We're still learning what's best, and it's it's something that we can't be satisfied with at any point. You know, we right now we talked about CFLs, and everyone's talking about CFLs, or they were two years ago. And now, you know, we're looking at, okay, well, CFLs are great, but they're actually kind of difficult to dispose of. And you know, if every, I mean, it's just, it's something that we're always trying to improve and get better. And it's not good enough to just say, you know, it's energy star. It's, it's important to really look at, okay, well, it's, it's energy star, but where else are we, where else can we improve? And, and how can we actually improve upon products that are energy star? I mean, maybe they're energy star, but maybe they use a lot of um, water or other things. So, it's just it's it's hard because the second you say you claim that you're being environmentally friendly, you're opening yourself up to, yeah, but nothing is, you know, completely um, the way you want it to be. But doesn't that sort of miss the the, the point? I, I, I'm thinking I want to ask you about, of course, the the naysayers out there is you know as, as soon as there isn't. Uh, you know uh, the the most definitive lockdown information. It's like well then then obviously you throw everything out. Um, you know right. nothing is nothing is real. Um, and we just have to look around us and, and see that you know it's not good to damage the environment. It's not good to pollute. Um, and isn't that really the message of uh, the green movement? Is is not you know trying to necessarily say that that we have to solve every problem or that. Um, you know, the worst is going to happen, but that there is an effect and that we need to try to mitigate that effect so that we can live more in harmony with nature. Isn't that more of the point? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, that's actually one of my pet peeves within the movement is that it's all or nothing or it's, you know, um, it's one of the, the, the common themes where if someone says they're doing something green, then it's greenwashing and, you know, it's an instant kind of, oh, they're not doing it well enough. And the the truth is we're all using energy. We're all using resources on the earth, and it really is trade-offs. But with everything you do, no matter how small, as long as you're not satisfied there and you, you know, pat yourself on the back and then go, you know, do, I don't know, cut down a rainforest or something. I mean, I think that that is, honestly, it's it's silly to kind of say this isn't green or, you know, and re- really point fingers because I think it takes us back. I think the whole movement is, wow, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to learn about how we can live more sustainably within this within this world. And so we've got all these great ideas for new inventions and we've got great ways to save on energy. And, you know, it's not necessarily that we're supporting, you know, big business by doing this. Um, it's It's that we're trying to work with people and meet them where they are, but also really just constantly grow in this. And I think there's so, I mean, the book is great because it, it really does offer up some, some, some great ideas for nonprofits and it does save you money in the end. And as a nonprofit, I think that's really important too. I agree. Um, Danielle, we have a question from uh, Craig in uh, Miami um, and he's asking what's sort of the bottom line to going green? Is there a budget effect or is this just an environmental effect? Oh, there's absolutely a budget effect. Um, 
I mean, it really depends on what area you focus. You'll see greater returns, and sometimes you do have to invest upfront in some of the materials uh, just to know that you will be saving money in the end. But I mean, we talk we talk a little bit about you know incorporating renewable energy in the chapter and how you can you know slowly like add solar or add different types of things, and then that actually saves you money over time. And it's I mean, with fossil fuels, you know. We're, we're using them at extreme rates, we, we do need to look for other ways. And, and there are, they're getting more and more affordable. When we actually purchased our building, we used, um, we used a solar panel to heat the showers. And I think that solar panel would not be affordable to most small nonprofits. But now, you know, you're, you're seeing more and more affordable options, which is great. So the more that uh, that we use the fossil fuels and the more that we run up the cost, uh, the more affordable it seems to do the right thing. Right. And I think we'll see even the prices of those go up and up. I mean, right now it's actually to fix a leaky faucet. It doesn't it's shocking how how little money it saves you. Um but it does save you money. So you just have to to know that yeah, we have plenty of water now, but who knows what will. That sounds so scary and that's not really what I'm going for, but I think the point is, you know, you are saving money, especially when you're saving electricity and energy in general. Well, Danielle, I mean, every charity has the the challenge of, of course, raising money to support their mission, and part of that is running the operations of the organization. So isn't this, as, as much as it's the right thing for the environment, taking steps to save money, isn't that just serving the core mission of whatever your organization is in the first place because it frees up those dollars to go towards service? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that no one no one advertises the operation money that donation that you know members are spending on or you know people who donate no one says yeah you're you're turning on the lights here but i mean i think that you are being responsible if you if you do take steps to go um in a more sustainable direction whether it's opening the window instead of you know turning on the air conditioning or it's it's small steps too and and you shouldn't feel discouraged if you can only do a few things to start I think that's important. Well, and, and, and Danielle, that's always been um, our position uh, with the Green Nonprofits Organization um, is uh, uh, those small steps. And, and to become certified, you, you earn 100 points by taking 50 different actions uh, in each of the categories, which range from uh, purchasing to uh, uh, water use to transportation and across the board. What is the low-hanging fruit? What are some of those initial things that you think charities ought to, whether they're looking to become certified green nonprofit uh, or um, they're, they're just trying to do the right thing either for their budget or the environment, what are some of the first things that you think of that a charity ought to be doing just to try to reduce expenses and do the right thing? I think it, it definitely depends on the charity, but the mapping your waste is actually a really interesting exercise to do. And so if you're a charity and you're looking to kind of do something besides change all your light bulbs to CFLs or do the typical, map your waste and see if there's an opportunity for a compost or for um, a way to reduce on that. One of the things that we did at NWF was we actually took all the one-sided documents that weren't you know, incredibly confidential that were being recycled and we turned them into notepads. And it was very easy for our mailroom to do. And so even if you are a smaller nonprofit and you only have you know, 
a, a small number of staff, you could take all the papers that you were otherwise going to recycle and turn them into pads of paper that you use. And it's, you know, I mean, I think mapping your waste is a good place to start because it's, it's kind of unique in terms of you're not just changing your light bulb, but it's a good step. And it, and it is interesting to see. You don't really realize, wow, you know, we throw out so much food or we throw out um, well, t- talk a little bit about changing light bulbs. I mean, that seems kind of like a, a throwaway line, but isn't there significant opportunities there, um, either in compact fluorescence or in LEDs? Uh, you cover that in your in your chapter. Um, is that sort of a first wave kind of thing, or is that something that you suggest down the road? Um, I definitely think you know LEDs and CFLs are great ways to go within the office. Um, and there are actually there's all sorts of new technology coming out even now, and I don't know if I think we covered um, organic light or like o, OEDs too, um, organic emitting diodes as well, I believe. Um, well, why but don't you talk I, about it here, whether it's in the chapter or not, tell us what that is and and why you think that might be uh, an energy efficient way for charities to consider moving. Well, I actually, I think LEDs and, and CFLs are still the way to go because I'm not really sure if the technology is there with them yet. But, I mean, any of these alternative ways to light will save you money and energy because they last longer and they use much less for, um, in terms of energy to create similar amounts of light. And so, you know, I think I think that's a good step. I, I feel like, and this could just be because I do this all the time, but it is... Everyone talks about that, and you know, and they, like I said earlier, there is actually a bit of mercury in them. So if you have CFLs, you do need to take kind of care in um, in, in disposing them. But that that's a great step. Another thing that you can do is is kind of off, offer your employees, if you're kind of on the larger side, a more advanced kind of recycling center where you can recycle plastic caps or things like that. And and some places, like if you collect ink. Um, cartridges and things like that, they'll actually offer you money. So uh, so there, so watch, there are a ton of options. Yeah, so watching out for all those opportunities um, are, are definitely important. Listen, Danielle, I, I, you, you've been just the excellent guest for a pre-Earth Day show. Of course, this is uh, our Earth Day week, and we're talking about green nonprofits uh, and this uh, book, Nonprofit Guide to Going Green. I, I don't want to uh, let you go, though, without um, also covering another set of topics that we're very interested in here on the Nonprofit Coach, um, and that is the whole area of fundraising and social networking. Of course, you have a lot of skill in that area. What uh, advice um, can you give to charities in terms of um, where should they be with social networking, and what are some of the tips to make it work? So I think I've I've been very fortunate because I started off and NWF just has this environment where they they want you to be the best you can be and as long as you get your basic job done you know you get it done and then you can explore and so one of the, I kind of do this approach where I I'm constantly listening and learning and I'm trying to be a subject matter expert in whatever I'm doing and with social media, there's a very welcoming community out there. And so even just being part of the conversation and actually asking for help and and connecting with like-minded people, um, those are all great steps. I think the best thing you can do, no matter what your charity is, is to actually use these social media conversations that are going on to listen. And what I mean by that is set up a Google alert just by going to google.com slash alerts and Type in your name, your organization's name, and and receive kind of updates through that if you're not already doing that. And then, I mean, a large part of what I do is I 
I make sure to be relevant with the people who I'm doing outreach to. So I don't just spam them with a bunch of emails, but I actually really try and talk to them you know, about what they're interested in. So I'll randomly use Twitter or Facebook to search keywords like kids outside because one of our bigger initiatives is to get kids outside more. And uh, if they say, you know, I just took the kids outside on Twitter, I'll respond to them and say, that's awesome. You just had a green hour. You know, let us know how it goes kind of thing. Um, so I think being relevant and listening to the people who are already talking about your issue is, is really important. And I think it's surprising how, you know, it seems very obvious, but a lot of people just don't have the time to really do that because we get wrapped up in our everyday tasks. I think um, the other thing that I really have seen a lot of work with is using social media to make our jobs easier. One of the things that NWF has done relatively well is we've gotten over 70 people on Twitter, whether it's a personal account or a program. But we're not just using it to use it. We also talk on the back end of things in, um, on a site called Yammer.com, which is like an internal Twitter. And we'll organize on the back end and then kind of tweet out all together. Um, and it makes us more effective, and it, and it really opens communication. So there are a ton of free tools out there. And Ted, you know, you are definitely an expert too, so you can help them. But um, I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity. Well, one of the things that, that I, I am constantly pushing with uh, charities um, is helping them understand that uh, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and others are really much more about building a sense of community. And as one of our guests on the Nonprofit Coach a, a couple weeks ago uh, uh, mentioned, uh, he said it's all about building social capital as opposed to just the quick buck. Um, and it sounds like that's the approach that, that, you're, that you're following as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's something it's it's such a new way to do old business. I mean, it's something that everyone's been doing, especially in the nonprofit sector. I mean, when you look at why nonprofits were created, it's it's about a passionate group of people who want to see change, right? And so that's really social media is a great environment for that because you can find all these people who may or may not have the same exact interests as you. And there are all these tools. I mean, whether it's there's a site called followerwonk.com and you can search Twitter user profiles, um, which is really helpful, you know, because if someone's identifying themselves as a nature lover, you know, I want to find them and, and kind of help them kind of empower them. And I think that that's really what it's about. If the nonprofit can take on a, a way to empower people who are, who are basically saying the same thing you are, that is, that's so rewarding. And I've made some really great friends, including Ted, on all these incredible sites. Well, and I think that is how we found each other um, as we were uh, developing the book, Nonprofit Guide to Going Green, is I think we found each other uh, through social networking. So uh, that's, a, that's a, a, a great indication right there that, that it works. Um, listen, we're, uh, we're coming down on uh, the end of uh, page two. Uh, I want to give you uh, one more opportunity since you're just a, a font of knowledge on all things green and social media. Uh, any uh, uh, last tips or uh, information uh, that you have for the listeners of the nonprofit coach. Well, um, tips are last minute. Uh, you know, I think if you're on these social media sites or if you're trying to explore them, definitely look up um, look up me at twitter.com/starfocus or or NWF. I think if you're looking to celebrate Earth Day and find a new and unique way, there's actually a couple of things that you can do. Um, one of the things we're encouraging people, if you have a family and if maybe your kids aren't spending a ton of time outside these days, we have a, a 
bunch of tips on our site for getting for getting your kids outside on Earth Day. Um, and if you're looking for greening tips, you know, definitely check out the nonprofit um, guide to going green and and check out Ted's site because there are some great tips out there that you can do. But really, my biggest thing is, you know, make Earth Day every day if you can. <laughs> Um, uh, And that's true. Uh, Listen, there's a book event coming up in May in Washington, D.C., and that's going to be at the CARE 2 offices, uh, 1100 15th Street Northwest, and that's May 13th at 5.30 p.m. And and I think, Danielle, you're planning on joining us uh, for that book event. Is that correct? Yes, yes. It's in so there's an opportunity for everybody to get a chance to meet Danielle. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to ask a question uh, today here on the Nonprofit Coach. Last question, uh, Danielle, uh, what are you doing for Earth Day? Um, so on the actual day, it's also Bring Your Kids to Work Day. So we're, we're taking a couple of the NWF staff or kids outside, and we're going to geocache with them. And then there are quite a few of my colleagues who are going to an, a climate um, rally on the hill on Earth Day, and it's with something called Earth Day Revolution. So there's a lot going on. It's actually one of those days where, as a nonprofit who works on the green issues, you almost feel like you you don't need to do anything because everyone's already talking about it. But um, but it is a lot of fun. There's a lot going on. Uh, you you've done a fantastic job, and uh, uh, we're going to come back from the break and draw the winner for a $100 American Express gift card. So uh, Danielle, thanks for joining us here today on the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much, Ted. Okay, as promised, the uh, the big moment, we've got uh, all the uh, the names and email addresses and, and cards here, and I'm going to draw uh, the winner, and uh, the winner of the $100 uh, gift card, American Express gift card, is uh, Laura Ristow uh, with the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Foundation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, so congratulations, Laura, on uh, on winning uh, the $100 American Express gift card, and we're going to be uh, sending that right out to you. Um, next up uh, here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach is uh, uh, page three, and that's uh, uh, where I'm going to be. Uh, as you know, I'm going to be uh, uh, on Friday. I'm going to be at the uh, uh, Digital Leap Conference at the National Conservatory of Music in Toronto, Canada. That's all day, so I'm hoping you're going to come out and see me uh, at, uh, uh, at the uh, National Conservatory, and you can register at digitalleap.org. Um, next week, um, starting on uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'm going to be in uh, Sacramento, California, uh, with the Lutheran Services uh, Conference. Uh, looking forward to uh, sharing good information with them, and uh, they're giving me an opportunity to both uh, speak on the Nonprofit Guide to Going Green and uh, speaking on uh, uh, the People to People fundraising book. And my brand new book, uh, which is in the newsletter, uh, is uh, Internet Management uh, for Nonprofits. Uh, and then right after that, I'm going to be uh, heading off to the Women's Division Conference uh, in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Uh, so lots of travel next week. Uh, so uh, next week, um, no show um, uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, but I'll, uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, what comes up next.
So uh, what's next uh, here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, is uh, sharing with you what is in uh, the, the uh, newsletter, uh, the phpfundraising.org newsletter. Uh, you can follow along yourself uh, in, uh, by going to uh, the uh, archives at p2pfundraising.org. Uh, promotion for today's show, of course, and then a promotion for uh, Digital Leap, which uh, the numbers are just looking great and we're very, very exciting, uh, excited. Yesterday was the official release date of that new book, Internet Management for Nonprofits. We're going to have a number of authors on the show uh, coming up. We have 28 experts uh, in 18 months in development for this new book. Uh, so thank you for everybody who helped make uh, that possible. We have all the links from uh, the Page One News uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, and we had a, a full Page One uh, today, and we'll be adding uh, the link that uh, Yama Siddiqui shared with us from Office uh, Depot uh, today. Uh, and uh, uh, also, uh, we have in the newsletter the winners for the five free tickets on Digital Leap, uh, and uh, those were Jeff Christensen, Ann Edmonds, Denise Fernandez, Daryl Parkinson, uh, Parkins, uh, and uh, Quentin Shiznik. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Quentin, if I, uh, I didn't uh, uh, say that right. And uh, on uh, LinkedIn, uh, we have uh, over uh, 690 uh, people who have already registered uh, for the LinkedIn group. Uh, we give you that opportunity in, uh, in the newsletter uh, as well. So we've had a terrific uh, show today. Of course, Danielle Brigida is just a, a nationally re renowned expert uh, in, uh, in her work. Uh, and so I appreciate her coming on to uh, onto the show. Uh, and uh, just to give you a, a heads up on what comes next uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, as I indicated, we are taking uh, next week off, um, so everybody can uh, take a little bit of uh, a break, and you can listen to all of the podcasts of the Nonprofit Coach, uh, and those are available, uh, easy to remember, tedhartradio.com. That's tedhartradio.com. Uh, We're next up with a really terrific show uh, on uh, May 4th. We're going to be uh, here at 12 noon on, uh, on May 4th. And a terrific page two expert. You don't want to miss this opportunity uh, to uh, learn and ask uh, questions uh, directly from Kendall Webb. Uh, Kendall is the founder and executive director uh, of uh, JustGive.org. A uh, terrific friend uh, to this show and to the work that we've been doing. And I want to invite everybody to join us back here on the Nonprofit Coach on May 4th uh, for our next show. Uh, so, uh, everyone, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Uh, I really cannot uh, uh, thank uh, Danielle Brigida enough uh, for supporting us today and for all the wonderful information. Have a great Earth Day, everybody. Thursday is the 40th anniversary. We provided you a link in uh, the uh, radio links today so that you can find a Earth Day uh, event nearby you. Uh, so enjoy Earth Day, and we'll see you back here on the Nonprofit Coach on May 4th. Take care, everybody. <laughs>
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.